Welcome to another edition of the Guardian podcast with Ren Melberg. This week, we dive deep into Agile once again. My name's Harold Nichols, so let's start with what a feature in Agile is. According to what I read out on the interwebs, a feature is a distinct element of functionality which can provide capabilities to the business. And Ren, the definition of a feature in Agile sounds an awful lot like a user story, which we discussed several weeks ago. Is there a difference? There's a huge difference um, in scale, in particular, because mm-hmm. um, you usually can't. Now, remember, a user story, you need to be able to, a scrum team needs to be able to finish in a few days. Mm-hmm. For instance, if there's if they have a two-week sprint, the rule of thumb is each user story should be completed in about three days mm-hmm. or fewer. If it's a three-week sprint, then you want five days or fewer. Okay. Right? So there's no way that we would be able to complete a feature, you know, a distinct bit of functionality that a business could sell. Mm-hmm. Right or used to differentiate their product, you couldn't finish a feature in a couple of days. Okay. Right? Right. So really what we do is we take features and we break them down into user stories. So a bunch of user stories added together create a feature. Okay. And a feature, so since I already mentioned sizing of a user story, the rule of thumb with a feature, you should be able to complete that in... Of 12 weeks or fewer. Okay. Ideally, fewer. And there'll be one or more scrum teams to get it done. Usually try to work with, um, uh, t- you know, team of scrum teams to get a feature done in a couple of sprints. Really mature, you know, uh, agile release trains or a team of scrum teams mm-hmm. um, can deliver a, a feature um, every sprint or two. Okay, so it sounds like um, while they are similar, there are there are differences. And you had you had mentioned it sounds like to me timing. So is um, the, the size is very different. There okay. are other pretty significant differences too. So very rarely would you be able to complete a user story and take that to market. It's so small. Where a feature you can put and should be able to put a business case around it and be able to define what the customer value is, what the market value is, what the economic value is, or all of the above. Okay. Um, and, And so it's very defined in that way, and it's much larger in terms of scale and scope than a user story. But it meets the same sort of focus of the user story in that everything and how we define a feature is about the user, how the user would um, interact with this feature, what value the user is going to get out of this feature, why the heck does the user (laughs) want this feature, right? Right. Or if if we can't answer that question, then we shouldn't be working on it, Hmm. Um, basically. So there's definitely a synergistic relationship between features and user stories 
in Agile. And that's why when organizations really get used to working with features and user stories, being able to break down features and user stories becomes very easy. Because you, you, you know what the feature is, you know who the user is, you know why the user cares and why the user wants this. And we've talked about that remember user stories. Those are the important questions mm-hmm. that you need answers to be able to write really good user stories. Right. Yeah, that's, that's well said. And there really are, um, you know, lots of good ways to differentiate the two. And I, I ran into a little bit more vocabulary, and that's with respect to feature breakdown. So what is a feature breakdown or work breakdown in Agile? Well, work breakdown tends to refer a little bit more to traditional project management, and it dives right into the task that needs to be done for a project. Mm-hmm. Where feature breakdown, we try to stay true to this customer centricity mm-hmm. that we have with user stories. So when we first start breaking down a feature, we're breaking it down into those user stories. Mm-hmm. Then we break it down into tasks. And what we find working with Scrum teams, so I'm putting on the science. Yes. As Agile for a moment. What we find is because, um, so remember the user story conversation is when the work is broken down into those user stories and every user story answers the important question, why? Mm -hmm. The teams are able to deliver a higher quality product. The exact same thing is true with features. We want to start with the why. We want to focus on the the quality and the business value that we're trying to deliver, and that helps us break down those stories. You break the feature down into stories, excuse me, and then the stories down into tasks. Okay, so then how are the features written and accepted in in Agile? So they're typically written by the product owner mm-hmm. and scaled agile organizations. They can also be written by the product manager. Um, They're usually um, components of a larger uh, product roadmap. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about that a a little bit when we talked about the product owners and product managers Mm -hmm. and how part of their responsibility is creating the product vision and the product roadmap. and that roadmap is comprised of these product features. And the features are prioritized, because remember, we prioritize everything <laughs> <Right>. in Agile <laughs> because we know we're not going to get everything done. So we want to make sure that we focus on the highest business value items first. And when we prioritize features in Agile, it is always on um economic value. Right. We want to make sure that we're doing the things that's going to give the best return to the organization. Yeah. The things that are bright and shiny. (laughs) (laughs) As tempting as they may be. (laughs) Right. Those are fun. Yeah. But if we can't monetize that, then who cares? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, that's that's a that's an excellent point because it, it all gets back to making money and making it sooner than than later. Okay. And part of the 
thing to remember with features, just like with user stories, remember, they're not written in a vacuum. It's not a static process. So as the product managers and product owners, and we talked about this when we were talking about those roles, mm-hmm. as they're writing features, they check in with the architects and their technical SMEs to make sure that what they're writing is actually achievable, which is pretty important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you don't have realistic goals, features, or anything, you know, if you can't build it or make it, it's of little consequence and really a time waster. Right. And do you really want your entire organization spinning, trying to solve a problem, too, that may or may not have the economic value? Isn't that the truth? Isn't that and the we've truth? I've seen that. I mean, I have. A, I had a client, I, and I won't go into details as to what it was, but they worked for five years trying to solve a particular technical problem, spent well north of $10 million on Good it, night. and never had a customer for it, Mm-mm-mm. and never had to define economic value. Man, that's... That's Not such unusual. a well, and such a waste of everything. Be, because they thought it'd be cool. Wouldn't it be cool <sighs> if? And if we can do this, then I'm sure you know they. We hear this a lot in business. If we build it, they will come. Right. Maybe, it's, maybe not. It's not true. And it's raw, and that happens very infrequently. It's more often than not that companies build things and the customer doesn't come and the company goes under. Yep. Then it is the company builds it and everybody loves it and it's a huge success. Those are those very rare um, stories that we hear, you know. For every Facebook, there's, I've read in the Harvard Business Review once that there was more than a thousand Facebooks, so, you know, the equivalent that failed. Uh huh. Yeah, for the I, one that succeeded. Yeah, and I hate expressions like that that seem to kind of get into the into the mainstream. If if you build it, they will come. Because not really. <laughs> well, and that's how we use features to test that. Mm-hmm. So you build a small version of it, and then, which is what Facebook did. This is one of the differentiators of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Is they they started small, one right. college. Then they started with 10 colleges. And then, you know, and they grew incrementally and incrementally increased their features over time. They didn't build this whole thing, this huge 10 million plus investment, right? Mm-hmm. That's so right. They solved the technical problems in small features, made sure that people wanted it, mm-hmm. and then continued to increase their investment. And the features, and therefore the customer engagement and stickiness. And that's that. That's a a feature, that's a product roadmap right there, what I just kind of like explained to you. And at no extra charge, we received the the roadmap, so (laughs) (laughs) very cool. So how, how key, and I think I already know the answer, but how key to the work process is the agreement about features among, among the team members? Oh, absolutely critical because yeah. everybody needs to understand what the definition is, the value, and the prioritization. And you mentioned, you know, everybody's smart. Everybody's favorite acronym for goals is SMART. Yes. 
We use the same thing for features. And they already, we already mentioned a couple of them, right? Mm-hmm. Are they measurable? You know, are they achievable? <laughs> are they right mm-hmm. size? You know, um, everybody who's going to work on these features needs to understand what it is, needs to understand its prioritization, needs to believe that it's achievable and that they can do this. Right. Yeah, it's... Um such a refreshing thing to see a process where you make sure that a little version works well and then you size it up and, and take it from there instead of being stuck with some uh, Edsel Ford, New Coke or other invention that had people started smaller would have saved themselves a lot of time, money and embarrassment all along the way. <laughs> so I read also that features are central to the scaled, agile, or safe backlog model. Mm-hmm. What the heck is that? So safe is actually where we get this idea of the product, the product roadmap, the product manager, um, and the product owner. Mm-hmm. And it's really where we see in a very neat, tidy framework how the, there's this um, traceability and there's synergy from top to bottom in an enterprise for Agile. Mm-hmm. That the product roadmap can be broken down into just a few steps from the product roadmap into features, into user stories, into tasks, and then how those tasks are delivered mm-hmm. to complete a user story, the user stories are delivered to complete a feature, the features are delivered to um, deliver the roadmap. And you notice that's an entire enterprise in only four steps. Yep, that's very... That's pretty streamlined. Yeah, I was going to say compact, but streamlined is a better <laughs> word, yeah. And each one has its own distinct governance, Mm -hmm. Um, and each step is well-defined in the SAFE model, which is why um, I believe it's been so successful and has been um, adopted so broadly in a lot of different industries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... um that's well said and like I say or like you said a, a streamlined way to do things now with respect to features when when I'm writing sales literature I find that most companies are good at listing what the features of whatever it is they have to offer are but they're not as astute when it comes to listing the benefits of those features is that the same for features and agile Absolutely. And I recently um, had someone ask me why, you know, Apple is so successful. Because everybody knows that from a technology standpoint, it is nowhere near a superior product. Right. And some of the features that they're introducing were first introduced by a competitor. Mm Mm-hmm often a year or two in advance and we see that now with the 6S is a great example they have several features that they're promoting that actually a competitor had uh, significantly before them and this is exactly what I said to him not everybody knows how to talk to their customers Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And what Apple is better at than most companies is not the actual products they deliver. They're better at how to explain to their customers what the features are, why the customer should care, Uh and how the customer can use them. And they have a huge emphasis on that, that Uh relationship between the customer and the product that competitors don't aren't always able to communicate. And that is why we focus so much in Agile on the why the feature. Why does the user care about the feature? Right. Because we see that I mean I, we just saw this again. Apple is the the richest from a cash basis, the richest company in uh, publicly traded company, excuse me, in the world. Right, that's right. There's actually a couple of family-owned businesses that are cash richer than Apple, but as far as publicly traded, they're the richest. And the, it, so much of it comes back to this over and over and over again. They can so clearly and consistently articulate the why for every single product and the why for every single feature in a way that isn't just agile in a way that just speaks to customer Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's really important that and what the example you gave with apple that they can explain to people this is how your life will be better as a result of using our technology right the old what's in it for me so a feature and agile provides functionality in the form of a of a business value can features also be used for planning our work well as far as prioritizing our work absolutely um one of the things that we like that i like about the safe models well going back to that for a second is that safe also provides an opportunity for architectural features and things that are just very internal Mm -hmm. um and that's one of the reasons why we emphasize business value over just pure customer experience. Mm-hmm. Because there are things that we need to do, often need to do in a, in a company, to improve the infrastructure, the effectiveness, the operations, um, internally to make a product better. So, for instance, one of the things that is uh, companies are scrambling over now in particular because mm-hmm. um, for a lot of companies especially financial services companies um, it's come to a head they've got to get off of their mainframes because right. their mainframes are holding them back from being able to participate effectively in cloud networking oh. the mainframes just who are still connected directly in production, even for data, but there are still a lot of financial companies, services companies, who are using them for business logic and business processing in production, the mainframes can't keep up. They just can't. Mm-hmm. And they were never designed to. <laughs> yeah. Not the mainframes fault, poor mainframes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of companies that are having to define architectural features so that they can um, improve their infrastructure so they can provide that competitive speed that their customers are looking for. And we're seeing that, I 
mention financial services because with banking apps, with e-wallets, things like that, people are needing more cloud-based interactions with their financial services institutions. Uh-huh. Um, and that has a huge impact to those institutions' infrastructure. We don't want to not do that infrastructure work. Uh-huh. Right? It has right. to be done. And so we define that in terms of architectural, most of the time architectural features. Sometimes you'll hear them called technical features, uh-huh. but they still have to have a defined business value. The business value just may not always be able to be articulated or defined in pure customer or user experience. Okay. Sometimes it's just we have to do this because if we don't, our operations are going to continue to be way too expensive. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we need to streamline and make our um, operations less expensive and faster, etc. Yeah, and at last, some sympathy for the for the mainframe. Yeah, long overdue. Right. So, tell us what a feature team is. So we don't do this in safe necessarily, but oftentimes in scaled Scrum, you'll hear something called a feature team, uh-huh. and that is a team of Scrum teams okay. that are focused on delivering a single feature. Oh, okay. Um, what we do in safe is we have the Agile release train, and we use the Scrum team model in that that te- those teams, that team of scrum teams, mm-hmm. or art, stays together, and they deliver a bunch of features. Right? Oh. Feature teams often the scrum, the team of scrum teams are brought together to deliver a feature, and then when that feature is done, those team of scrum teams are broken up, and the scrum teams go off and do something else. Okay. Okay. So there, so there is a, a little bit of a difference there. Um, we're in safe. We try to keep the team of scrum teams together, uh-huh. be cohesive, and what we're focused on is delivering as many features as we can through that team of scrum team. Okay. So then, how does a feature team operate, and what's the advantage? So I mentioned that they um, usually are only working together for a few sprints, usually two to four right. sprints. Uh-huh. They plan together for that time. They have dependencies across the Scrum teams, and they manage that through the Scrum to Scrum process, the same as what we do with the Agile release train. Um, and so the, how they operate is very, very similar uh, between the two. The difference is, like I said, is one is cohesive, the arts, the other one is not, the feature team is not. Okay. Um, the advantage is, especially in organizations that are not delivering a lot of features over uh, a period of time, is that they can stand up the features team and stand it down whenever they need Um, and there's a lot less bureaucracy and overhead that needs to happen to make a feature team successful 
Okay. The that's... advantage to an agile release train is if you need to deliver a lot of features, then you have this standing cadence and um, overhead and the management there to help deliver a lot of features consistently over a period of time. That's um, that's quite a lot that can get accomplished with with that team's operation. And with the time we have left, Ren, um, if you could tell us, how does a feature team differ from a component team? So a feature team is everything you need to deliver that fully functional feature to production, hmm. to the customer. Okay. A component team is looking at just one piece of that. Okay. So, for instance, um, I mentioned um, banking earlier. Right, yeah. Right? Yep. A component team, one component team, would be the mobile app. Another component team would be browser. Another component team would be um, the ATM. Okay. They're not in individually delivering a feature or a product. They could Right. Because each of those are utilities. That's Unless, right. Of course, you're selling mobile apps, but this is a banking. Right. <laughs> they don't sell mobile apps. They just use apps. <laughs> that's right. Um, so that's a component team. And that component team is focused on a very, very narrow technical component. Okay. Yeah, I think the the example you gave with, with banking, um, at least for me, helped me understand understand what the differences were. And, you know, as usual, we've got a much clearer idea of how Agile and its methods benefit many in the workplace. And it's not just software developers, but developers and project managers of many types from lots of different industries who can benefit from this methodology. Now, if you want to be in touch with Ren, go to the website, which is www.renmelberg.com. You can follow her on Twitter using the same name, Ren Melberg, and subscribe on iTunes at Ren Melberg right there on iTunes in the podcast section. Be sure and come back next week for another edition of the Guardian podcast with Ren Melberg. <laughs>